Hey guys, I'm Esther, owner of Sarah Design. And I'm Jen, owner of Hello June Creative. Welcome to Better, the brand designer podcast. We're all about broadcasting conversations that support our design community and covering industry secrets and offering actionable advice. Just remember, the only designer you need to be better than is the one you were yesterday. Hi guys, welcome back to Better the Brand Designer podcast. We are so excited to be chatting with you this Tuesday. And today we are going to talk all about how to plan your work schedule for true rest and vacation which I know is something that Jen and I have both been like working through a lot lately. And I'm in the middle of sort of this vacation slash chaos moment. But before we jump into our super juicy conversation, let's do our intro question. So Jen, what other podcasts do you listen to when you're not listening back to our recordings and giving our producer feedback? (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say like, oh, I feel like I'm always listening to this so that we can like make sure there's no like random like edits that we need to do. But one of the podcasts that I've been really, really into recently is called What We Said. And it's two besties. I think they're both from Arizona, I believe, but they live in California and they they've just been friends for so long. They talk about everything under the sun. They talk about like romantic life. They're both married. One of them has a new baby. They are in their late 20s. So it's like, okay, I can really relate to them. Um, but they're just like really funny. They talk about like just life and they read funny stories from like like listener submitted stories for like text message disasters, like you know, worst date moments and they like react to them. So it's just like really fun, light content, not business related whatsoever when I'm like, you need that. I need a break from all of that. So I love that one. And then I also, if I am feeling in a businessy mood, but not listening to this podcast, I will listen to how I built this. And that's been one of my favorite podcasts for years. I actually am a subscriber. I pay their like $2 things, like not have ads. So worth it. All of their stories are about founders and the journeys that they took to start their big name companies. So, I mean, they had, they've had they had a ton of people on, like just some like really... I mean, I was going to say well-known names. I was like, the one that comes to mind is like Supergoop, the like sunscreen brand. Oh, cool. They have like a trampoline brand on there. Um, they I have, like, love a lot of hearing those brands. stories because it's yeah. like, mm-hmm. okay, you see it's these so successful people and how did they even get to where they're at? I mean, I oh, know yeah, you and like, I have talked about that on our <laughs> podcast of like how we got here, but... That's really, really cool. It is really cool. And like, of course, like these are people who have made it. I'm sure there's many more stories of like entrepreneurs who have started businesses that like didn't end up making it. But like, you know, these are people who are like have done billion dollar, like sold their business for a billion dollars. And now they're like super, super rich, like talking at like the highest level of like starting from nothing and then like really creating something amazing. Like they, I think they had Coinbase on there. I think they had Airbnb on there. The Airbnb wow. one was amazing. The, or the, the original founders of Airbnb, they were about to have to declare bankruptcy. <laughs> they had taken out Dang. like 25 credit cards to like cover all of the bills. It's just, oh my gosh, just like now true stories. Like, and now look at them. So we don't recommend taking out 25 credit cards, but yeah, it's just really, really encouraging, yeah. especially for people who have more of that entrepreneurial spirit. Like I know a lot of you guys do. I am going to have to listen to that one. I love that you have a mixture of like fun, personal, like let's disconnect from work and also the professional. Yeah. I also have that. So my guilty pleasure podcast is called The On Call Room. And I feel like I talk about this so much, um, but John, our producer actually produces that podcast too. 
which was a happy coincidence. And it's a podcast by two lovely ladies who I feel like I'm friends with. And it's about Grey's Anatomy. And they go through every single episode of Grey's Anatomy and talk about it. And it's also kind of like a space where they talk about their life and it's funny and they drink wine and it's hilarious. So that's my like nerdy moment. I also listened to a podcast called This Is Actually Happening by Wondery. And it's stories of people telling real life events of them going through either something like just really crazy, like something that might have happened in their family, something that might be paranormal, something that might just be like, what the bleep just happened to me. It's very interesting to get into those minds and hear stories that aren't like my own. So that's also like kind of my murder mystery slash like, ooh, type thing. And then I also (laughs) listen to Entrepreneurs on Fire, which is similar, I would say, to how I built this about people who come on and talk about entrepreneurship, money, success, trials, errors, all of that. And it's really, really cool. Oh, I'm going to have to totally go and subscribe to those because I feel like I have podcasts on like all day. Like I was at the gym this morning. I was listening to what we said. There were some really funny moments. I was like trying not to bust out laughing in the yeah. of the gym where people are like trying to be serious and get a workout in. But I don't know. It's just like, it's, it, it, I talk about like, oh, you know, you need to have silence in your life. But like, I just want to be surrounded by like yeah. funny conversation all the time. So I have podcasts. I know it's hard day. to have silence. I know it is hard. It's fun. All right, guys. So today we're going to talk about vacation, rest, how to plan your work schedule around it, why it's important. And this conversation is very timely. As of this episode going out, I will be on vacation for two weeks enjoying Spain. And I'm so excited. And I've been trying to like learn about how you structure your business while having vacation and having lots of life events. In the past couple of weeks, I've had a friend stay with me. And even though it's not full vacation, you still want to be present for your friend too. So learning how you schedule that for rest and time with people. And then also just like when you need a break, how does that look like if you just need a day in your week? So we're going to talk about all of that. And Jen, did you have thoughts on like where you're at currently of figuring out how to rest well and take time away from work well? Yeah, for sure. I think uh, this episode, we actually postponed recording because I was sick last week or a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, wow, this is so ironic that we are postponing this episode because I was able to like be sick that week. I just had like a bad cold. Like I was feeling feverish. It wasn't COVID, thank God. But like I just cleared my schedule. I was like, my voice sounds horrible. We're not going to record. I felt like the flexibility that I have been pursuing over the past like two or so years of going from burnout, packed schedule, workaholism, feeling like I never have enough time in the day, time scarcity, anxiety, all of that. I feel like I've been making incremental changes in my business, adding in margin, spacing things out, not taking on too many calls, not taking on too many clients, raising my prices. All of that has brought me to a place where now after all of that work over years, I finally feel the spaciousness that I've been in pursuit of. And that translates into time off, that translates into rest, that translates into flexibility of schedule. This year, 
I am planning on taking the entire month of July off from client work. I'll still be working with my mentorship students. And my husband and I are just kind of like daydreaming about like taking a trip overseas because I've actually never been to like Europe or Asia or anywhere. I've been to Canada (laughs) and the Bahamas. So not too exciting, but we want to go to Ireland really bad. I think that's where we're going to end up. I love that. I mean, I think that there's so much to be said about prioritizing your time off and also restructuring. Like you said, Mm -hmm. if there's something that comes up in your work schedule or in your personal life, being sick, being a mom, being just having so many things going on, how do you set up your life in a way that allows for that cushion, allows for that spaciousness that you're talking about? So I w- I'm curious like, for you with taking time off and going on vacation, what are some of the fears that you have had of it? Okay. Well, I put a little bullet point on here with two words, mad clients. <laughs> I feel like that's always my biggest fear in business, disappointing a client, not delivering on time. I think a secondary fear, of course, would be like a financial fear of like, okay, well, like, how am I going to pay my business bills? Like my business is at the size where I don't have any other employees. So I'm not trying to make payroll for other people, but I do have subcontractors that I have on board. I have monthly business expenses, you know, like I want to be able to pay myself a paycheck. So it's like, okay, Jen, you want to take a month off and then you still want to be able to pay yourself a paycheck? Like how, how does that even work? You know? So I think that those are like the the two big things, you know, that have held me back or at least held me back in the past year or two of like actually pursuing this spaciousness in this life. What about you? What, what makes you anxious about taking time off from work? As you're talking, I'm literally thinking about leaving this Saturday and, and just being like (laughs) anxious of it. It's not necessarily mad clients, but more like communication with people of Mm -hmm. like, I, always want to fully disconnect. And I've only done that successfully for one trip. So I'm going to work on it. But I feel like my biggest fear is just not being there when people need me. Like I've had out of offices where I'm saying, hey guys, I am going to take, I'll be a little bit late to respond to your emails, but I will get to it when I have a chance. And I just feel like this pressure to always be on and be there for people when they need it. So maybe not the madness, but also just the like disappointing people. Yeah, I think that's my biggest thing. And also just knowing how to fully be engaged in what I'm doing and not thinking about, oh my gosh, so-and-so sent me an email and I need to respond when we get back to the hotel or whatever, and just enjoying the time. Yeah, I think that's a fear too, is like fear of not, like honestly FOMO, like, you know what I mean? Like yes, not fully really being, being like one place or your another. Phone and, looking at your email and, you know, not fully being present, especially on an amazing trip, like your anniversary trip to Spain, you know? So I think that's another just point of nervousness that I would have. Like, cause last year I took the month of July off as well, or maybe it was June. And my husband went, my husband and I went to Vegas for a week and we had saved up. That was like, we were going to take that trip like two years prior, obviously COVID mm-hmm. happened. So by the time we went, we had a pretty amount, we had some pretty pennies in there. So <laughs> I was like, I want to really fully be present for this. So there's a, a bunch of things that I could talk about, like how, you know, I set up my, myself up for success and my business up, up for success there. Um, and I know that you can talk about that as well. We'll get into that a little bit later in the conversation, but I think we're going to zoom out and still be like really far away. 
Another thing that I wanted to kind of talk on about fears going on vacation is like the booking clients. Like if you have somebody who emails and wants to have a call and be a prospective client, like I don't want to wait for two weeks to respond to them because then I'm nervous that I'm going to lose out on that client. So there's this like, it kind of goes along with you, your thought of the financial burden of, well, I'm gone for a whole month. So then when I get back, I need to be like hitting the ground running and having these clients like all lined up for me. And on the flip side, I have found that when I take actually time for myself, it comes in. Yeah. Like it's not that anything that I've done to make it come in, but it's knowing that I'm prioritizing myself first that just allows it to happen. And I don't know if this is the universe or what it is, but it's just truly amazing what happens when you prioritize your own well-being and you see that return in your business. A hundred percent. I think last year when I took that month off during the summertime, I will make one exception. I do take discovery calls, especially if I'm taking an extended amount of time off. If I, you know, I don't, I don't think you need to take a discovery call while you're in Spain. You can schedule it for when you get back. But I think, um, you know, and this is like kind of fresh on our minds because we are just kind of coming off of a conversation about marketing and about how it's a long game. And so I think one of the things that calms my fear and anxiety around like, how am I, if I'm not as active on social, if I'm not marketing, if I'm not putting myself out there, where are the clients going to come from? It's like, Hey, over the past few years, the seeds that I've sown, the referrals or the projects that I've created, the network that I have, the friends that I've made, that's where that like well, that deep well of like inquiries and referrals comes from. And it's not necessarily as specifically related to my day-to-day interaction on social. Not to say to like make it a graveyard. I mean, my social has been kind of a graveyard, at least in the feed. Stories is a little bit more active, but like, I think just like releasing myself from like, oh, if I don't do anything this month, then I won't get any clients this month. It's a bigger picture than that. It's a year long, it's a multi-year type of thing, you know, Um, that was helpful. Yeah, definitely like looking at taking a step back and saying, it's okay. Like this month is just 30 days. It seems like a long time, but if you zoom out and you say, well, I want to be in this business for the next 10 years, 30 days is nothing. Yeah. And we need that. If you're working corporate, if you're working full-time, you're expected to take that time, right? Like you have a set two weeks, three weeks vacation. You you have to take it. You You earn earn it. it. And in this job, man, do we work more than what you would work in a corporate job, right? Like, especially when you're first starting out, you want to get everything together. So you deserve it. You need it. And it's really good for your health. Mm -hmm. And I'm a huge advocate of mental health and taking the time that you need, even throughout the week of, it doesn't have to be a vacation, but if you really need a day, take the freaking day because otherwise you're going to burn out and it's not going to be good. And I just want you guys all to have the successful and expansive business that you deserve to have. And like Jen said, like that's spaciousness. That's why we get into this oftentimes. It's not just for the money. That's part of it, but it's also just for the freedom of getting to do what we want when we want. Yeah. I think that word freedom is something that I was going to bring up for sure. I, I did a poll on my Instagram stories uh, maybe six months ago when I was maybe more than six months when I was thinking about starting my one-to-one mentorship and I asked, why did you start your business? Like if you had to use a couple words, why did you start your business? Almost everyone said some sort of variation on the word freedom. Yeah. And you know, like I think if you 
allow yourself to enjoy that, it almost just makes you even more motivated to continue structuring your business in a way that supports flexibility, freedom, and spaciousness. Because if you're not allowing yourself to enjoy it, like if you're chained to your desk nine to five when you don't want to be, or you're working late hours when you don't want to be, you know, it's like, wow, like allow yourself to enjoy the freedom of not having anyone tell you when you need to work. It took me a long time to break out of that nine to five cycle because I thought it was what I should be doing. I was like totally being a mean boss to myself and not allowing myself to sleep in. I mean, pre-kid, you know, like, or take a random day off or, you know, when I was sick, like, I was like, I'm not going to show up as the best version of myself today. No one on the podcast wants to hear this disgusting voice, you know, like let's be flexible. Let's change things around. So I think that that leads us into the next topic of like, okay, well, how do you make vacation a priority for your business? Especially when it's just you and you might not have a team yet. You might not have full-time employees. What would you say, Esther? That's me. I mean, I have contractors, but I don't have a full team. Like it's, It's literally like, my solo business. So some ways that I prepare for my vacation ahead of time, which I'm in the middle of doing, is I, first of all, plan it out in advance, as far in advance as I can, at least one to two months to make sure that I give myself enough time to prep, give my clients enough time to know that this is happening. I let my clients know that it's happening so that we can have open dialogue. Like like I said, there's still projects that are running through that vacation, but if I let them know in advance of like, hey, we're going to be pausing for a little bit. Or if if this is a vacation that I'm doing a little bit of work, like, hey, I'm not going to be able to meet with you at all. And you're going to need to know that like, I will respond when I respond and there's no pressure to. So just having a dialogue, it just depends on your client and depends on what the project is if you need to work things out. But having the conversation and letting people know. Yeah, communication. Yes. I set out of offices that also remind them each time they email me, hey, I'm out of office. I will get to this when I get to it. I'll be back fully at X date. So expect to hear from me then. Yeah, I think like one of the things that I was thinking about when I I set out on this goal in 2021 to take a full month off in the middle of the year, I think the financial side of it was definitely a consideration for sure. Um, And like you said, playing it early, this is a long game. Like start putting aside a little bit of your net revenue every single month to cover that yeah. that paycheck yes, or that payroll, huge. you know, so that you can still have income coming in funded by previous months. I think that is super super important. And then the way that I kind of have handled it last year and the way that I'm going to do it again this year because it was such a success was I actually had all projects wrap right before I went on vacation and then I set yeah. start dates for after I got back. So I actually was not working That's on perfect. any active client projects at that time just because it was such an extended period of time. Um, I think it's easier to like break for two weeks or even three weeks, but I feel like a month or more, it's like I just feel better knowing that I've wrapped up all my projects and then I have a couple of things yeah. booked in advance. You also will have, you know, especially if you do payment plans, which is kind of a bonus for doing payment plans, you will probably still have, you know, if you have booked someone in advance, uh, payments coming through that month, even when you're not actively doing the work that month. So that's kind of how I handle the financial side. Yeah. That's another thing that like I wanted to kind of bring up as well is like when I've had projects that go through vacation, I love the idea of like, 
ending before vacation and then starting back right after. But if you do have, what I tend to do is the week to two weeks before a vacation. Honestly, it's like the busiest two weeks ever because I try to get ahead on things so that my clients are like all caught up and like sometimes even a little bit further. That way I don't have things to do while I'm on vacation. So yes, it creates a little bit of like pressure on the front end, but then you get to enjoy all of your vacation and not have to worry about like, oh my gosh, I didn't send them this brand guide. I didn't send them these deliverables. Like you're already done with it. I think you can also like, even just hearing you say that, like made me think like, oh, what if you made your vacation coincide with like a refinement or like you waiting on the client to give feedback or something because mm-hmm. there there is downtime during a project when you're waiting for a client to give you feedback. What if you just extended that? Not you, but like just anyone who is thinking about taking maybe like a week off or something, like make sure to give deliverables for review prior to leaving and then tell the client, Hey, I'm actually going to go on vacation. So you have a little bit more time to sit with this and, you know, really be thoughtful about your feedback. Um, and I really appreciate that. And I'll be able to address your feedback when I get back. Yes. I think that's a great way. Just like make sure that like all of those feedback periods kind of coincide. You can finagle your schedule any which way, as long as you start early enough. That's what I realized. Yes, exactly. And yes, it creates, you have to like learn how you need, what you need to like be able to make that happen. So if you need, if you need to set up yourself to be ahead of the game in advance, maybe it takes you a month in advance. Let's start like preparing and getting ahead of things before you're just like crashing and staying up all night the last week before vacation. Cause then you're not going to enjoy your vacation cause you're exhausted too. So there's like the balance of what do you personally need? What does your lifestyle look like? And how do you want to execute? hundred percent. I think that like everyone kind of approaches time off in a different way. I think this kind of leads into the question that you had written down here about like mindset blocks, like when you're actually on vacation. I think we chatted a little bit about this in the beginning, but I think it would be really interesting to kind of explore that a little bit more. Like how do you fully Mm -hmm. like unplug, you know? Um, How do you shift that mindset? What are maybe some physical things that you can do in your environment to change that up a little bit? This gives me anxiety right now, but like (laughs) in a good way. (laughs) Just wanted to be fully transparent with you guys. Like I'm thinking about all of this stuff. Like it's a real thing to be able to allow your mind to fully rest. And I'm thinking back on my trip to Arizona a few what was this now? A few months ago, I didn't bring my computer. And I was I remember you were talking so telling me about nervous. that. I was like, oh, dude, like <laughs> I think yeah. I had this crazy reaction or something. Yeah, you were freaked out. Yeah. And I was pretty freaked out too. Um, I was gone for only four days, and two of those days were the weekend. So really I was only gone for like two days. And I was just like, I don't want to bring it. And I actually had a therapy call, right? the day before. And I was like, maybe I'll just bring it. And my therapist was like, girl, no, 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 no. You're not bringing it. And I was like, okay, fine. I won't bring it. So I didn't bring it. And it was the best decision ever. Cause I was able to just be like, well, I can't do anything. I literally can't. So it's kind of a trick to your mind of like, if you don't have it, there's nothing you can do. And yes, maybe something comes up, but you literally cannot do anything. So that really helped. I did still have my like phone and emails and I did have one email that I got, literally only one that was like, Hey, can you fix this? And I responded, actually, I think I, I messaged my developer and I said, Hey, can you take care of this? 
because I'm on vacation. Here's my login to my Squarespace so you can do it. And he was like, yep, for sure. So I didn't have to like, all I had to do was just coordinate him connecting with my account. And then I didn't have to worry about it because I couldn't, like, even if I wanted to, and even I knew that this change would have been super quick, but had I brought my laptop on, I would have done it myself. And I would have probably spent the next hour doing stuff because you start poking around and it's really easy to just kind of get lost. So I would say like, if you're able to fully leave your computer, especially if it's a shorter vacation, I know that like, as I'm preparing to go to Spain, I am taking it because it's a two week vacation and it's not a full vacation either. So I also like bringing my laptop sometimes because I'm like, oh, I like might watch a movie on this. <laughs> yeah, it's like, bring it. Do you have, if you have an iPad, I would say do that. Oh instead. yeah, I, I have. I don't have an iPad, but I also have like a ridiculously large iPhone. I have like the 12 Pro Max because I'm bougie. So that's kind of like my iPad screen. But yeah, maybe I'm just doing that to like make myself feel less anxious about like, okay, well, I could like fix something if I needed to. But like, I think we talked about this on the podcast before. It's like. We're not saving anyone's life. No one is bleeding out because of yes, some, yes. something that happened with the website, you know, I'm hopefully not. So, yeah. Yeah. I also think this, like what I was talking about, Jose, my developer, he's amazing, by the way. And Jose listens to this podcast. So hi, Jose. <gasps> does he? Um, oh, hi, Jose. He oh, he's awesome. So sweet. What I would say is like, if you have those people being able to reach out to them and have them like ready, I am very blessed because Jose did pick it up like, I hadn't asked him to be ready while I was on vacation and he was very flexible to be able to work with me. But in the future, I want to be able to say like, all right, during this time, uh, you're going to be connecting with my junior designer or you're going to be connecting with my production designer, depending on like what projects you're working on. Because I think that would be really beneficial and I'm not quite there yet, but I, I do think that that would be a good place if that's somewhere that you have people to help out. Because that way you can set them up to respond to emails that are necessary or at least forward them and have them respond that way. For sure. I think that that kind of helps the the itch to check to make sure that there's not problems. If you know that there's someone in there at least looking at your inbox and then maybe slacking you if something really, really needs your attention. So if you have a VA or if you have any other type of assistant or production designer, like Esther said, like preparing them giving them, you know, if you have SOPs or pre-recorded videos or, you know, just kind of like, hey, in this situation, do this. If a client asks for this, you know, tell me like, or reasons to contact Jen. Like, I think I did that before when I had a VA, like, you know, <laughs> I love that. is someone bleeding? You know, I mean, like, like actually put a list of things, like did someone's website crash? Contact Jen, mm-hmm. like is something like check out someone can't like, you know, if it's e-commerce, like, probably a reason to contact Jen. Did someone lose their logo file? Don't contact Jen. You know, like Jen will get that back in the, when she gets back from her vacation. Uh, I think having like a really good out of office message as well. Um, I know you mentioned that, but that makes me feel really good about not checking email. Yes, me too. Some people will be like, oh, if it's an emergency text me, I don't give out my cell phone number to like, hardly anybody and definitely not active clients, not because I don't love them and not because I'm not friends with them, but it just like streamlines communication and also makes my phone kind of like a safe, like non-workspace, which I'm trying more and more to do. 
having a resource for someone to, especially if you do have a team member, hey, please contact so-and-so if this is a time-sensitive issue. If not, I will be back with you on this date. That just makes me feel really good. I feel like out-of-office messages are more for me than they are for anyone else. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And most people, if not like, I would say 99% of people understand because they have to take vacation in their businesses too and in their work. Mm -hmm. And if they don't, they will see you as an example. But when you say like, hey, I'm not going to get to this, they respect that more than if you just don't respond. Yeah, 100%. Like there it's it's about open communication. I even have like a little story about this. I was in, you know, kind of putting offers on houses, the the whole housing situation. Esther, you and I are going to have to do like a life update episode because like there is just so much I feel like that we both have to share with the audience. I don't know. Yeah, so, we should do that before the end of the season. So yeah, this actually reminds me of um, a situation I had. I was putting an offer on a house. We ended up losing out on it. Sad face. The market is insane right now. But the realtor was in Cancun for two weeks when we were trying to put offers on this house. And I was like, excuse me, why are you in Cancun? Like, I need you to put my offer in and give it to the seller. I, of course, was a little bit less um, understanding than like I would have wanted someone else to be in the other situation. But at the end of the day, like, it didn't really matter how I felt about her vacation. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, it does not matter how your clients feel about your vacation. Hopefully you're communicative with them. You tell them before they book. That's another thing. Put it in your proposal. Jen will be out of office for the month of July. That's why we're scheduling you at this date. We cannot extend your project beyond this date because I will be out of office. Put it in your contract even. Like we are going to be unavailable at this time through this time or whatever. But like, Again, it didn't, it didn't matter how I felt about her being in Cancun. At the end of the day, we lost out on the house and it didn't really, it was a moot point, but like things are going to be busy and you're not always going to be able to wait for a time when things slow down in order to take that time. That's my point is that like, yeah, like sometimes you just have to set priorities. And this, I mean, brings me to a, a book that I read, one of Giselle's favorite, favorite books, Essentialism by Gregory McCowan. Man, he says in that book, if you do not prioritize your own calendar, set your own calendar, other people are going to do it for you. And I think I mentioned that before in the podcast, but that's just so, so powerful. So like, maybe this is your message to, even if it's taking a half day on Friday afternoon, take that time. Even when you have deadlines, even when you have to-do lists, I'm sorry to be the one to tell this to you guys, but you are probably never going to get to the end of your to-do list. <laughs> Even right. when I don't have oh. clients, my to-do list is still so long because it's all the other stuff that I didn't have time for when I had active clients. So, you know, my point is being okay with open-ended tasks and knowing that there will be time to get those done after you've prioritized yourself and your rest. Yeah. I want to circle back to what you were saying about it didn't matter what you were feeling mm-hmm. towards your realtor's vacation. I think that that's something that I can easily get caught up in of like, what are my clients going to think if I'm like taking a step away? Are they going to think that I'm lazy? Are they going to think that I just don't care about them or my business? And you are not responsible for how other people feel. And that goes, that goes for Stay literally for the anything, people in the back. vacation <laughs> or anything. You are not responsible for how other people feel, how your actions make other people feel. And that's not to say do not care at all, but it's important to know, like it's, it's okay to do what you think you need. Yes. 
I think this kind of goes into like, how does taking time off impact your business and your mental health? You know, because that is something that we tend to put to the side is our, our, our own selves. I think this goes back to, you know, one of the episodes that we have in the past um, with Daniela from Lunaria is being a consciously kind boss to yourself. One of the first things that flies out the window is treating ourselves with kindness and respect as business owners, as bosses of ourselves. Um, And so, you know, taking time off, like that could be the thing that you need to get your, you know, your mind back in the jive of things. If you're feeling uninspired or if you're feeling just, you know, any, any type of way. So I would love to hear you speak to this a little bit, Esther, and, and how taking time off has impacted your business, but also your mental health. Man, I feel like taking time off is actually such a good thing for my mental health. I feel like I'm my best self when I am surrounded by inspiration and by good food and good company and friends. And vacation often is like the ultimate culmination of all of those things. I think a comeback with such an energy for life and for my business specifically I think when I was in school, for example, whenever you went on, whenever I went on break, I was like so excited to come back and like restart. And I see that for my business as well. When I leave, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to do X, Y, and Z for my clients. I'm so excited to like start this for my business. And my business really reaps the benefits of it. Whereas when I am just like going through the motions, take doing things like day after day, I get into a rhythm and nothing ever happens in a month. So at least it feels like that sometimes. Oh, like yeah. Things don't move in a month. I know. It's like, oh, wait, is it the first already? Holy crap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think that like going on vacation has helped me kind of push that faster. And I love it. I also think that for my business, I'm able to like take time away and think about what I actually want, even though I am not actively like, oh, this is a vacation to think about my business. You you tend to still think about what's happening in your life. And so I think about like how I want to structure things. And I come back wanting to have more freedom and more flexibility, which is, again, goes back to exactly what we want ultimately for our businesses. It's like perspective. How do you feel like it for you? No, I mean, like I completely agree with everything you said. I, I wanted to call out one specific thing that you mentioned of like really acknowledging what, you actually want from your business. I think it's hard to do when you're in the weeds of the day-to-day, you're doing the client work. I mean, we wear so many hats as as business owners, you know, even if you do have a team that it's like time away. It's like distance makes the heart grow fonder, but it also helps yeah. give you perspective on like, you know what, I'm really dreading doing that particular task. Maybe this is the time for me to outsource that to a VA finally. Or you know what? I mean, that's what helped me understand that like I wanted to move away from e-commerce was like, I finally didn't have an active e-commerce project. And I was like, you know what? I am going to start referring these out to people who specialize in this. And it has made my business all the better. You know, last summer when I was, was away for a month, I started really thinking, okay, wow, this is just so incredible. What changes can I make in my business to help support this again next year? Because I want to do that. How can you get a bird's eye view of your business? And then what type of changes would you want to make to your business after being away and having that kind of zoomed out perspective? That's 
one of the little mini benefits aside from, of course, rest and time with family and friends that I feel like really impacts your business. It's kind of like a business health or like a wellness checkup for your business. So yes, it's, it's helpful for your own mental well-being, but also your business well-being. Yeah. And yeah, I love coming back and feeling like, oh, I feel all clean. There's a clean slate. Like, let's restart. Yeah. It helps you understand what, what's a priority in your life too. Like, I think I'll speak to motherhood for a second in that, like, you know, of course a vacation isn't really a vacation when you have like a super young toddler with you, obviously, like when my husband go to Ireland, husband and I go to Ireland, um, we're not going to bring him with us. But when I am taking time away from my business and from work, it just helps me relish in those little moments with my son so much more. And it helps remind me why I even want freedom, why I want flexibility. Like I always say like, oh, if I wasn't a mom, I would be a workaholic. I would be working 10 hour days because I legitimately enjoy work. Like I love doing it. I don't know. I just feel like I'm able to be more present outside of my business when it's not something that's happening daily. I think the mental load too kind of lessens a little bit. I don't think it'll ever truly go away when you are a business owner, but when you are taking that time away and you're able to really focus on what you find most important, or you know, maybe you cook more, or maybe you go and spend more time outside, or maybe you just take your kid to the park like twice a day because you can. Like, I don't know, it just helps kind of reposition the compass of your business why, and then helps your business to support the lifestyle rather than the other way around. Right. Yeah, I love that. I'm curious, Jen, how do you also build that kind of like rest slash vacation into your weekly schedule? Oh, so good. I mean, like any of these little action items or bullet points can apply to taking a really long vacation or to building rest into your weekly schedule. Um, We mentioned savings. Having savings is super important, especially for longer term things. Margin, space between phone calls not having back-to-back phone calls, even scheduling 10 or 15 minutes between phone calls because my phone calls tend to go 10 or 15 minutes over um, or even 30 minutes in that case, you know, maybe having specific days for specific calls. I started Mm -hmm. to notice my natural energy around the weekly cadence of things about two years ago and realized that neither my clients nor I were super active or engaged in the project on Fridays. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to start doing half days on Fridays and see how that feels. And then I started doing no work on Fridays and saw how that felt. And I am going on a year and a half of a four-day work week. And it has been absolutely transformational for me and my business. And also that that day, that Friday is set aside for my little baby boy. And we go and we do fun things like going on smoothie dates together. I mean, he's only two. So you know, going to Target is still his idea of a really good time. Mine too. But like, I think it's like making those little changes in your day-to-day of getting really comfortable with saying no to things that you don't want to let onto your schedule, um, being strict about like, well, I take discovery calls on Tuesdays. So, you know, the next available time I have is two weeks from now because next Tuesday is booked up, you know, like being okay with like scheduling things out a little bit further and just like creating like space in your calendar, even scheduling in space or scheduling in when you're doing your project timelines for your clients, for example, scheduling in a two-week buffer 
give the client a little bit of a longer timeline than you think you can get the project done. And so then that either will show up when there's things that like bumps in the road in the project, or you'll pleasantly surprise them at the end of the day. I think those types of expansive scheduling calls, um, those types of little just tweaks that I've made in my everyday schedule, those are the things that I look back two years ago and I'm like, okay, I wasn't doing those things. And I implemented those over time. And now I feel like I have the schedule of my dreams. Yeah. One thing that I want to add on to that is that I have been more comfortable pushing things around, rescheduling things, saying, I'm so sorry, I'm not going to be able to meet tomorrow. Are we able to meet on Wednesday or whatever you need to do? Saying what you actually need instead of like pushing yourself too hard to hit a certain timeline. One thing that I've been doing for my clients that I have been loving, and I mean, I think that they've been loving too, is, hey, I'm going to send you this revision or whatever sometime within the next three days, as opposed to saying it's going to be Tuesday at 10 a.m. It's more like, okay, it's going to be on Tuesday at some point, or it's going to be Tuesday or Wednesday. So that way you give yourself a little bit of that flexibility that you need to have the freedom that you desire. I love that. You can also use the word soon. I love using that word when I'm telling someone when something is going to get there, because that could mean tomorrow. It could be next week. It could be a week and a half away. Um, Or also like early next week or late next week. Or, you know, just being more general with your delivery timeline. So glad you brought that up because that's definitely been really big. Yeah. And there's a caveat there too. Like, don't just let things linger forever. Like you do want to be a responsible business owner. Otherwise that will go into your reviews and nobody will want to refer you if you're not good. So it's having the balance of timeliness and also spaciousness. Mm -hmm. 100%. I love that. Wow. This is such a good conversation. Did you have any last minute things to wrap up? I was just going to wrap this up by saying that we are figuring it out. I mean, maybe Mm -hmm. I will have to do a little bit of a vacation recap after I get back and see how any of my advice panned out or what my (laughs) thoughts were. And even if it's like a really quick episode, because I feel like there's so much that we can say that we don't even know yet. So we're still learning as we go. And if you guys have any thoughts or if you have any questions about what works for us, Let's keep the conversation going. Um, I'm not going to respond while I'm on vacation to you. (laughs) Don't ask. (laughs) So don't ask. Just kidding. But I love this conversation. And also there is an episode with Natalia that went out on May 3rd. And if you want to listen to that, she talks about traveling while running a business full time. And I think that that can have a parallel to this vacation slash work lifestyle. 100%. All right, guys. So our inbox question today is from Indy Griffiths, and she asks, how do you make the most of a junior designer slash intern? I love this question. and I feel like this ties really well into the conversation we had today as well, because you can use your junior designer for small tasks while you're on vacation, like we were talking about hiring out your production design or making sure that people can communicate with your clients And I think that it's a really good way to be able to outsource and feel like you don't have as much of the pressure on yourself. But there are also so many other ways that you can use a junior designer, including like maybe your social graphics. If you want to just have some of the more 
quote unquote mundane uses for your own personal advertising and marketing that can then be pushed on to somebody else. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Jen? For sure. I I have worked with junior designers in the past. I've worked with BAs. I've settled on a production designer. And I like that term because production design to me means like exporting logo files, creating things out of pre-made templates, exporting additional like graphics or making small tweaks to already existing designs. So this person typically is a little bit more experienced than a junior designer would be. So they require a little bit less management. And I have just been really enjoying having someone that I almost... I mean, I consider my my production designer a peer of mine in terms of skill. She also owns a design business as well. Um, she's way better than me at creating um, video content as well. So she creates reels for me for my Instagram. It's not like videos of my face talking reels, but it's more like client work reels. And she's found some really cool apps that can do some amazing transitions. But I think the way that I make the most use of her is... I mean, that, that sounds so wrong. <laughs> Let me just rephrase that. This is how I use her. This is how I use her. <laughs> um, but like the way that I found to communicate with her what type of things that I want to be working on is that I have a little chart in Notion. She has a dashboard. I update at the beginning every week, or at least I try to. If I don't, then she actually boxers me and reminds me. She she says, Hey, Jen, here's your Monday morning check-in. Let me know what the priorities are for this week. What can I be working on for you? I love that because I forget all the time to you know go in and update that. But then I'll go in, I'll update it. I'll put like what tasks I want her to complete. But then also I'll give her kind of like a rundown of like, hey, you know, I've been feeling like I want to have a little bit more Pinterest content out. Can you create some story pins for me and then post them? We do all of our review through Notion, which is amazing. We communicate on Slack and Boxer. So I don't ever really feel like I'm grasping at straws to create things for her to do because if I don't have anything in there for her to do and she wants to have the hours that week, she'll just go and grab some of my past content and then create some reels for me, create some Pinterest graphics for me. All those like little things that's just like, oh, I just don't want to do this or updating my portfolio or things like that. So that's just kind of like the nitty gritty of how I work with her. And it's been such a breeze. Yeah. Having that support. Another thing that I, when I had a VA, um, I would outsource a lot of Pinterest creating as well. So I think that kind of goes along with the Instagram and reels and all of that, but just like, how else do you want to be able to use them? Sometimes I know that other designers have used junior designers for client work. So if you're working on a project that you need a little bit of extra hands on, maybe it's just putting some files together or creating some social templates, that kind of thing. So you're actually getting to offload like kind of the more day-to-day things that don't need as much of your brain. Yes. Yeah. I think also website prep, exporting assets, compressing images, even website testing you can outsource, you know, to a junior designer um, or a production designer. I think this topic, um, we should also discuss like, okay, you know, I work with a production designer. They're a little bit more advanced. When you are working with a junior designer or an intern, someone who needs a little bit more guidance, I think that that's a little bit, it's more give from you than it would be if you were right. working with someone who is more senior. But then you also get to teach them, you know, and kind of like a mentor 
role, which can be really, really fulfilling. Um, I think setting them up for success with pre-recorded Loom videos, if you have specific processes that you want them to learn, I think having check-in meetings about how they're feeling in the role and how you can continue to support them better so that they can support you better. I think that's a really, really great touch point to have. You don't want to be like two ships passing in the night and not having any sort of like direction or goal or anything. And then, you know, if you are doing an internship program, having like a midway check-in, hey, how are you feeling? How can I be better? What do you need from me? What do you want to get out of this experience? And then also like, you know, if they are moving on to another role, having like an onboarding kind of call with them. So you kind mm-hmm. of have to put on your HR hat a little bit when you are working with subcontractors or really anyone, bring anyone else into your business. I think that I definitely have struggled in the past with like being really present with my subcontractors, asking them if there's anything that they need from me, asking them how I can be better, setting aside the ego to be like, I'm not perfect. I might be holding them up from giving me something. I might be able to do something differently to help support them better. I think that's also, it's a mindset shift, but something that is to keep in mind. Another last little plug that I would say is one of our previous episodes is with my previous VA, Kaylin Sprinkle, and she talks about what you can use online service providers for, whether it's a social media manager, a business manager, everything within that. So I think that would be a really good insight where Kaylin knows all the ins and outs of that industry and can give a little bit more niche advice. Love it. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for staying tuned with us today and we will see you next week. Bye guys. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Subscribe wherever you're listening to make sure you don't miss an episode. And we'd be forever grateful if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts. We bet you've got designer friends who'd enjoy it too. So share it with them. If you'd like to submit an inbox question for us to answer on air, or you want to get in contact with us directly, email us at inbox at betterbranddesigner.com. Our Facebook community is one of the most positive, supportive, and fun groups we've ever been a part of. We'd love for you to join us. Search for Better the Brand Designer Podcast on Facebook. If you love these conversations between designer friends and would like to support us, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash betterpodcast. And visit us online at betterbranddesigner.com to learn more about our podcast and snag major discounts on our favorite resources. Special thanks to our producer, John, from Wayfair Recording Co. See you guys again next week.